0: This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. A wondrous cross. When you look at the cross, what do you see? I don't see the greatest travesty, I don't see the greatest miscarriage of justice of all time, I don't see a defeat, I don't see the end, I see the greatest victory of all time because we know that when Jesus hung on the cross on a Friday he knew that Sunday was coming when he hung on the cross on a on a Friday he knew that wasn't the end he knew that that what he what he had to do but he knew that he was hanging there for you and for me. What an incredible story. What a wondrous cross to see that God demonstrate his love for us in such clarity that could be left with no doubt that God was committed to us, that God loves us, that God would go to any lengths possible so there could be the greatest victory of all time. I love what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It sums it up really, really well. And it says this. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. Was raised on the third day. He appeared to Cephas, to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Jesus died, he rose again, and the Bible tells us he's coming back. What an opportunity, what a, what a hope that we have because of Jesus. Someone has described the story of the cross and the resurrection of the, as the capstone that holds all of Christianity together. A capstone is the final stone that's put into the arch. And it kind of incredibly holds it together. But without that capstone, it all falls apart. Without the resurrection, there is no hope. Without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Without the resurrection, we wouldn't be here today, 2,000 years later, celebrating the great victory of the cross, because without the resurrection, there is no victory. And thinking about the reality of the resurrection, it's much more than a fairy tale, much more than just a legend. It's it, historical fact, I believe. You know, the reality is that there is more evidence for the resurrection than for many things in history around about that time that people take as absolute fact. He was seen by over 500 people at the same time. These were not strangers to Jesus. These were people who knew him before he was crucified. These are people who spent many hours and days in their lives with Jesus, for many, many times they knew him intimately. They were not fooled by this man. They knew that he was Jesus, the Son of God. This was no magician's trick. This was no deceit. This was no illusion. This was a reality. And I wonder at the cross. I wonder at the empty cross. I love that fact, you know, Jesus died, but he didn't stay on the cross. How good is that? You know, that was not the end. He was taken down from the cross, he was buried. But when I see the cross, I see an empty cross. Some people like images of Jesus on the cross, maybe with a crucifix, with Jesus still on the cross, I want to tell you this morning that there is an empty cross. And I wonder at the empty cross that he did that, but he didn't stay there because he won that incredible victory. You know, crucifixion was an incredibly painful way to die. The Romans did their uttermost to devise the most uh, terrible torture, the most horrible and painful way to die. In fact, the word excruciating comes from the idea of crucifixion. They had to invent a new word to describe the horrors of that because it was so painful. But Jesus went on that cross, he hung on that cross for you and for me, willingly giving up his life for us, you know, the Jewish leaders wanted Jesus off the cross and all and, the, and those that were criminals that were hanging on the cross, they wanted them off the cross before the Sabbath. So, this they, they said, What you've got to do, Pilate said, What had to happen was they had to break the legs of those on the cross so they could be dead and be taken down. But when they went to Jesus, he was already dead. When they went to Jesus, they didn't have to break his bones as it was prophesied in the Old Testament. No, Jesus was already dead. And they stuck a spear into his side and blood and water flowed from his side, an indication of death. If he wasn't already dead, he was certainly dead by that time when he was put into that tomb. Hearing he was dead, he was placed into the tomb. There was no doubt he was dead. Without his death, there wouldn't be a resurrection. But we thank God that he died for us. I wonder at the empty cross. I also wonder at the empty tomb. This is incredible, right? Not everybody that lived were placed into a tomb. It was only rich people who could afford that for the end of their lives. But a a, a rich man loaned the tomb to Jesus. He didn't even understand that Jesus would only need it for three days. He didn't realize it was only a temporary thing. But Jesus didn't need a permanent tomb because he had no intention of staying there. He went into that tomb and he rose again three days later. The tomb was empty. His friends, his relatives, his followers came to visit him at the tomb, to to, to pay respects at the tomb. But when they got there, it was empty. There was no mistake. They didn't go to the wrong place. They were absolutely convinced the tomb was empty. I love the story of the empty tomb. I wonder at the empty tomb. When you think about it, what an incredible wonder that the tomb was empty. Jesus didn't need it permanently because he was raised on the third day. That's the story of Easter, the resurrection story. You know, anyone can claim to be God. Many people, deluded people, have claimed to be God through the centuries, through the generations. But he's somebody, he claimed to be God, but he proved it by coming back from the dead, from the dead, dead. Incredible. You can claim to be God, but he did exactly what he said he he would do. He came back from the dead to prove who he absolutely was. I wonder at the empty cross, I wonder at the empty tomb. I wonder at his many appearances. This is incredible. You know, you read through the, the Gospels and you can see, and also as we've read in Corinthians, you can see that there are many different separate occasions where Jesus appeared after his death and resurrection to prove to the people who knew him that he was alive just as he said he would be. He appeared to more than 500 at the same time. That's a lot of eyewitnesses. That's an incredible amount of people to say that Jesus was alive. Paul makes this statement in Corinthians, you know, and it, it wasn't—it wasn't making it up. It was just a report of what actually happened that Jesus was seen. I also wonder at transformed lives. You know, it's incredible when you look at these disciples. When Jesus died, they went to hide because they were afraid. When Jesus died, they went to just be together to comfort each other because their dreams and their hopes and everything that they'd, they, they were hoping for and their, all their expectations were broken on the floor. It was over with. It was finished. They were, they, 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 it, it was all over. It was done They went to do that, but following the resurrection, they were absolutely transformed. This small band of followers, this timid bunch, these people that wanted to hide for fear of being put into prison, for fear of persecution, suddenly they were transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and they became bold people. They preached with boldness. They couldn't hardly speak, they couldn't hardly go out in public, but transformed by the power of God because of the reality of the resurrection. These people. People were completely transformed. They were even prepared in many cases to lose their lives for this story. Would you even bother to keep a facade going if it cost you life? I absolutely doubt it. Nobody willingly dies for something that they know is false, but they knew that this was a reality, that Jesus had rose again. And within weeks of the resurrection, there was a band of about 10,000 people who were Jews, who were now followers of Jesus. They had to give up so much to put their faith in Jesus. They were transformed. And you know, right now, 2,000 years later, as I look upon this this congregation this morning, I see many lives that have been transformed by the power of God. I see the reality of the resurrection in people like like us and people right across this nation and across the world who are different because God has come into their lives. They are different, not better than anyone else, but different because we are forgiven people and we thank God for that because of the wondrous cross, the reality of the resurrection. Jesus did not stay ...dead. Jesus did not stay in an empty tomb... A stone, a huge stone would be impossible for one man to to, to move or several people perhaps to move. But Jesus was not held back by that because the power of God, the resurrection's power brought him through and he came back to life three days later. Millions of people are committing their lives to be followers of Jesus because of the reality of the resurrection. It's a wonder. I wonder. At transformed lives. You know, I wonder at what God's done in my life. I wonder what God's done in your life. It's, I, I'm in awe of what God actually does when He takes people and He turns them around by His grace, by His love, by His mercy. These people were absolutely transformed. And I wonder. At the reality of the resurrection, what it really means in reality to people like you and me. An incredible story, 2,000 years old, but still as relevant today as it ever was. Christ's resurrection, the resurrection proves that Jesus is God. Wonderful. Many people claim to be, but only he came back to life. Founders of many religions have been and gone. They lived, they died, they're gone. But Jesus came back to life, and he's alive today. So wonderful. The resurrection proves that Jesus is God. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 1. He says, Jesus was declared with power to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. That was the endorsement of God the Father. He proved that Jesus was his one and only Son. He proved that he was God by the resurrection. The resurrection, for me, proves that Jesus was was God. Secondly, the resurrection makes our salvation possible. How good is that? Because God died and gave his life for us. We can be forgiven. We all need forgiveness. We've all done things we wish we hadn't have done. we all done things which we know we oughtn't to have done. But thank God no matter what we might have done, whatever accusation uh, accusation may be placed at our door, we can say, I'm forgiven because what God, God has done for us. We can come to God this morning with a clean conscience, knowing that what we've done has been dealt with, has been forgiven because Jesus paid the ultimate price. When God saw that sacrifice he saw that acceptable there was nobody else good enough the only perfect person ever to live there wasn't anybody else who could have ever have paid the price but when god looked at that cross 2000 years ago and he saw his son hanging there he knew the price had been paid so when we stand before god when we come to god in prayer and in hope and in faith we know that we're forgiven people because of the power of the cross. The resurrection makes our salvation possible. God said, it's done, it's over, it's finished. You know, I wonder at that. I wonder that God would save an ordinary person like me. I wonder that God would forgive an ordinary person like me and people like us. 2,000 years later, this is still as relevant as it ever was. And until Jesus comes back, it still has its same relevance. We still have an opportunity to come to God As we are, not when we've sorted ourselves out and and, and made some improvements and dealt with a few issues that we have. No, come as you are. When we come as we are, God accepts us and he accepts us back into relationship with him. The way he created to be us to be. I wonder at his great love. I, I wonder at his grace that God would be so gracious with me, that God would be so patient with me, that God would be so loving with me, that God's love would be so un- unconditional for my life and for your life. How wonderful is that! I wonder at the cross, the wondrous cross. The resurrection makes our forgiveness, our salvation possible. And the resurrection also makes our resurrection possible. I love that. Because Jesus died and rose again, it means that we will also do the same if we put our trust in God. How wonderful is that we have a hope. Every Christian has a hope of a resurrection. We know that one day Jesus is coming back to take us to be with himself. Whether we die, whether we live long or live short, if we are is in God, we know for sure that one day we will live with him forever. I love the reality of the resurrection that makes our resurrection possible. Christ's resurrection and ours are part of the one and the same plan. It wasn't just about a plan for God the Son, it was our plan as well. God intended it to be so that we would also know the reality of the resurrection. The Bible describes it, if we read through uh, 1 Corinthians 15, we get towards the end of that particular chapter, we see it described as Jesus' resurrection as the first fruits of what is to come. It's describing uh, a, a proof, an example, a first fruit of what is going to be also a reality for us, I thank God that no matter how long I live on planet Earth, there is coming a day when I'll die, but I'm gonna I'm gonna rise again by the power of God. That's the, that's the assurance that we have. And I thank God for that. You know, I, I, I've been uh, blessed and, and privileged to, to pray with people towards the end of their lives and to uh, and preside over funerals for people who've trusted God. And, you know, I've been able to see with great confidence, this is not the end because we will rise again. Thank God that that's what the resurrection means for you and for me, that if we put our trust in God, we have a future. Future hope and assurance of what is the, to come. Because the tomb is empty, Jesus is alive. Because the, t- the, the grave is empty, he's alive. Because the cross is empty and the tomb is empty, it proves that the sacrifice for our sin, our mess, our rubbish, our wrongdoing has been paid in full. There's nothing else for us to do other than to ask for God's forgiveness and receive the gift of his blessing, the gift of life. The the wondrous cross is is the pivotal moment in history. When we look at everything that preceded it and everything that's come since, that is the pivotal moment because God made a plan to rescue you and me. God had always had a plan so that we could be with him. And we could be in relationship with him. Because of the wondrous cross, we can be in relationship with God. Because of the wondrous cross, we can know his forgiveness. We thank God for the, his death on a cruel cross 2,000 years ago. But we celebrate this morning on Resurrection Sunday that our God is not dead. He is alive. And he's alive and well and still praying for us and there for us and helping us in every way. This Easter, what do you see when you look at the wondrous cross? What do you see? Do you see forgiveness? Do you see love? Do you see that God had you in mind when he hung on that cross? Do you see that because of what he's done, you can be forgiven? forgiven? Do you see that because of that cross, you can have a hope of an eternal future with God because he died we can be forgiven because he rose again we will also rise again one day to be with him that's his love can you imagine the passion that, that went into God doing that for you can you imagine it wasn't it, it must have been an incredible demonstra- it is an incredible demonstration of love for us discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes